Hey guys, I'm Jordan Fromer. I believe in hunting hard, hunting smart, and having a fun time while doing it. And shooting limits? Well, that's just the icing on the cake. I revel in the journey just as much as the successes it brings. From ducks to dogs to decoys and guns, we'll be talking tactics, strategies, and what it takes to get the job done. Load up and take aim. This is the Duck Gun Podcast. What's going on, folks? Thanks for joining me for another episode of the Duck Gun Podcast. I'm Jordan from Duck Gun Chronicles, and alongside me tonight, I got my two buddies. We got the audio engineer, Zach, <laughs> which is not the audio engineer tonight. Um, we're actually uh, calling him the young Padawan. Um, <laughs> oh, we, <man>. got, <laughs> we got Hunter from Iowa. So how are you guys doing tonight? Good, good. I'm doing great. Yeah. Awesome. We got a, we got a ton of stuff to talk about. Give you guys a little bit of a teaser before we jump into it. Uh, me and Zach are on day nine of our cross country waterfowl trip and uh, grinding it out. And we're in Iowa right now, hosted by Hunter um, for the Central Iowa, the Central Iowa leg of the Chasing the Opener series, which has been. Huge success this year and just bigger and crazier than ever before. So uh, stay tuned for all that. we got tons of stories to tell you, and it's uh, it's going to be good. So, uh, But before we jump into the main meat of the podcast, let's get a quick word from our partners. First off, I'd like to give a big thanks to Motion Ducks, guys. Motion Ducks, the jerk rig on steroids. It is... You know, it's preseason for a lot of you guys. A lot of you guys just started. Um, it's perfect time to pick up that product. It is um, a game changer for those no win days. Um, the strategy I've been using with it for the last few years is on no win days, small spreads, and get ripples through the whole thing. Um, and it's worked out great. So it gets those weary birds coming in. It gets those birds looking down at the set, seeing the lifelike motion, seeing the ripples in the water, and they're more willing to come right in and lighten the set. So check them out, guys. You can use code DUCKGUN10 over there for um, a discount and um, get your getting your hands on one of those awesome products. i also like to give a big thanks to um, Final Approach. Final Approach, the one-stop shop for the Duck Hunter. They got blinds. They got decoys. They got waders. They got everything that you can use that you can imagine that you'd need for duck hunter. I've been out there to um, their store and they got some great stuff over there. Um, so definitely check those guys out. Uh, highlight the product that I've been loving. We've been doing a lot of walking in the waterfowl backpack. Uh, it's, it's just a great product. You can get a lot of stuff in there. You can put your gun on the gun caddy. You can strap it to a tree. There's just uh, a very versatile waterfowl backpack um, over there at fabrand.com and you can use you can use code duckgun10 for um, actually it's just duckgun over there for 10% discount um, across the website also like to give a big thanks to weatherby weatherby has some awesome waterfowl shotguns i've actually switched i've, I've been telling you guys i've been running the side by side the last two hunts i actually switched to a semi-automatic. I'm running the 18i again. Um, if you're in the market for a waterfowl shotgun, Weatherby, they're known for their great rifles. Well, I think they're about to be known for their great waterfowl shotguns as well. So check them out over there. Also, I'd like to give a big thanks to OnX. Guys, OnX, it is an awesome app for the waterfowler. You have it right there in your hand. You're able to uh, track. You're able to look at uh, real-time or uh recent telemetry where you can see water levels a lot of people um, on dry years are always asking on certain facebook groups hey what's the water level like this you can open that app 
flip it over to the recent telemetry and see the most current um, water aerial view. So it's, it's, it's just another tool that Onyx has added along with all the stuff we've always talked about. So check them out, guys. Onyx, you won't regret it. Alrighty, let's go ahead and jump on into the main podcast. So, I guess I got to, you know, to start this off, um, to give you guys a little bit of background again, me and Zach, we just made our road trip from North Dakota and we headed straight to Iowa for um, uh, a Mississippi Flyway opener and, you know, one of my favorite things to do. So, um, Hunter, after after hearing that we've kind of done that, you got any kind of questions or thoughts for us uh no other than like it's you know we we already talked about how long it's already been you guys are what day 10 today right i think so and it's like at some point it's got to become a a grind and it's like we're out going hunting because we like going hunting but it's everything else and it's like there's got to be a threshold (laughs) it's like you're talking yeah like you're saying uh it's like the small things that start to become like tedious where it's like oh man we got to like sort the decoys and load up the gear for the hunt and the style we're going with tomorrow, you know, we got to put the A-frames in the bow or whatever, you know, whatever we're deciding to do. And that stuff at this point of the trip starts to become tedious. But as, you know, avid hardcore waterfowl hunters, um, it's still awesome to get out there even, you know, days into it. And honestly, I feel like I've, I've held up pretty well, um, for the number of days and the amount of stress and, um, grind that we've been through putting on our bodies mm-hmm. today hit me hard i gotta admit <laughs> it did yeah i could it tell was, yeah this morning i wasn't uh doing too well but i'm back now i think yeah. i think i'm good for tomorrow <laughs> so what what we talked about this a little bit off air zach what is uh where is that threshold for the maximum amount of days that it's you know um enjoyable to to, to pretty much back to back to back you know duck hunt I think this trip hits it. So tomorrow will be our eleventh <laughs> day on the road. <laughs> yeah, and that, yeah, that's I'm about ready to sleep in my own bed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah, and uh, we've had to, you know, when you're doing something like that, we have to be intentional. We've talked about it in another podcast about consuming duck and and cooking duck and and all that to stay uh, at the the daily bag limit. And so uh, tonight, you know, we actually came up with another recipe, Zach. You uh, you kind of came up with this one what, what we got cooking it's a barbecue pulled pork or i guess pulled duck um and then you mix it in with some mac and cheese sprinkle some breadcrumbs on top and i made it a couple times back home and it's real good so. nice nice never heard of that one that's a that's i guess that's one kind of added thing i think we've stretched ourselves to like come up with different ideas and different styles like we said the fajitas that's probably my favorite of the trip and i hadn't made that in years Right, yeah. And it was really good. We've definitely had some good recipes. It's it's forced us to be uh, creative, so we're not eating the same thing. You ever do duck fajitas? Oh, I love duck fajitas. Nice. It's like one of my, honestly, it's one of my favorite. What's your your go-to? Let's see, top three for cooking duck. Uh, Duck fajitas are up there. Another one is like, I I tend to grind it, put it into chili and stuff like that. Uh, I also do duck tacos, which again. Is it just shredded or? With the tacos, yeah, I can either shred it or grind it. And shred it or grind it. it. You never cube it though. No, I've never cubed it for duck tacos, but we just like you know, by the time you put in taco seasoning and you load it up with everything else, I mean, like it, it's good. It's definitely different, but it's good. Right, right, yeah. 
So that's kind of one like side factor I didn't think that we'd run into. It's like that's a added bonus to like kind of stretching ourselves, coming up with different recipes, trying different things. Um, I've definitely had a handful of ways this week where I haven't had it that way in a long time or never had it. So definitely cool. Mm-hmm. Yep. But anyways, we are here in Iowa now, past the North Dakota stuff in Iowa. Definitely uh, a different kind of perspective or a different area, different scenery, um, different natural uh What's the right word? Uh, uh, local, yeah, lo- like local birds are definitely different, you know, compared to North Dakota. And Zach, this has been your first time on the Mississippi River, which got to tell a funny story. <laughs> <laughs> We're driving down the highway, and we go over this bridge, and I mean, like you can see rocks sticking out of it, and like. <laughs> Almost dry ground. It's like the tiny. It's barely even a river. And Zach says, "Is that the Mississippi?" <laughs> I'm like, "You didn't think about that question before you asked it." I'm like, "The largest watershed in North America. Is that right, or is it the Missouri? I don't know. One of the two. But it's, it's. Uh, I mean, it's giant. So first time out there, and you really didn't even get like. We're in the backwaters, right? Mm-hmm. On this hunt, like, yeah, we never even went to the main channel, right? Were you aware of that, Zach, or did you think that oh, this I is figured. the I figured. Okay, yeah. The river we were on was about the same size as the one I pointed out. So. <laughs> but it was deeper. <laughs> it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what has your experience been so far hunting the backwaters? Or, like, I guess your first take, initial kind of thought, because you've never been out here. It's really cool. It uh, kind of reminds me of some of the bogs in Michigan, but they're not bottomless. The mud's just a lot stickier. Um, but there's a ton of, like, little back sloughs and channels that you can run, and it... it there's just a ton of uh, environment to explore out here. Right. It's like totally different though. You could talk about like the bogs of Michigan and like the backwaters of the Mississippi. I mean, it's almost like a half swamp, half marsh where you have, you know, you have the vegetation, the the moist soil vegetation that all grows up. We've got the smart weed, you got the mill, the barnyard grass, all that kind of stuff that's growing. But not only, it's not just like a, a wide open marsh where in Michigan, it feels like they're wide open and you know they're creek flooding or whatever um but these they're surrounded by woodland you know right, just yeah. trees everywhere and so it makes these real tight you know areas um tucked in the trees which it's it's just like unique to this area compared to anywhere I've hunted I've hunted out you know Kansas you have the prairie marshes we've hunted up in North Dakota you have the potholes we hunted in our area where you have like creek floodings and and you know marshes and this is like half marsh half swamp um it's just cool yeah it's, it's cool to have like a unique environment in different places across the country mm-hmm. i think it was funny today yeah we'll skip in the stories a little bit but like talking about the environment we were walking over to a different spot and he was like wow that's a big lily pad and like he was <laughs> yeah. like pointing at like a on like a two foot diameter lily pad and i'm like oh that's just like a normal one like that's not even one i'd stop to look at right yeah yeah, our lily pads, I would say, what, 10 inches diameter? Yeah, if they're a foot a foot in diameter, that's pretty big. Mm. And not here, yeah. They're, I mean, it's nothing for them to be yeah, two feet tall and, and out of the water, high high enough that, like, in teal season, we've literally sat in the boat, and the lily pads completely cover you, mm. you know, until they come in so low that yeah you can fool them that way, opposed to, like, a mallard coming up high. You know, you'd never be able to get away with it. But mm-hmm. Hunter was also saying that, uh, like, wood ducks will, will sit on them. Yeah, will actually stand on the floating lily pads, which <laughs> yeah. is wild to me. <laughs> right. 
Yeah, it's like a bullfrog. Yep. Yeah, they'll they'll get up on them and stand there and hang out. I don't. Know. It's weird. First yeah. time I saw it, I thought I was hallucinating. So. <laughs> nice, nice. So, Hunter, you want to kind of take it away with uh, your scout this week? Oh, okay, so I did. I did put on a pretty good amount of scout again. You know, it's like we've talked about during the teal season. It's kind of a, a hobby at this point, just to go scout for birds. And I ended up finding a sp- couple spots that were like good. We have a local breeding population of wood ducks. We kind of talked like, hey, it'd be cool to have a couple wood duck hunts. So I was looking for wood ducks. We really haven't gotten anything else in. I mean, we've had some teal, and there is teal around, but we haven't really gotten any big ducks around. And we found that big ducks on openers are hard just because everybody's shooting at them. Right. And like, they're just, you know, they're not going to They have to have time set. to finish. Yeah. And usually, like, a wood duck just comes screaming in. They fly right in, maple leaf at the last, last second, and come right into your set. Yep. Um, you know, a, a mallard, you know, they circle once at minimum. And mm-hmm. so it takes way more time. And on an opener, you have a lot of guys shooting. Yeah, they just don't want to do it. You know, the right. first shots, they pick up and they go somewhere else. Right. And so, you know, we kind of talked. We were looking for wood duck spots, and I had probably... 10 spots that I was like confident, hey, we can go in here and shoot a good amount of wood ducks. I'm not saying we go into all of them and shoot limits, but we could go in and shoot wood ducks. And the number one spot that I scouted out was where we ended up hunting. And it's kind of a hard spot to hunt for wood ducks because there's so many different cuts that they fly down and there's points and like you can sit one point and then you look over 50 yards to the other point and they'll fly the other point and then you move over to that point and you, they're flying the one you were just under. And it's just, sometimes they're kind of hard to pin down like that, but we ended up going right to where I'd kind of figured we went or like we went out there. Once you guys got out there, we kind of talked about, Hey, how do we want to set this? Where do we think we should go? And we ended up finding the spot and sitting up. Definitely. Yeah. So we got out there and, uh, I mean, early, early, yeah, I mean, I don't know, what was it, like 9 o'clock or something like that? Right, camping out, mm-hmm. camping at the spot, sleeping in the boat. And uh, how'd that feel, Zach, after uh, a week of North Dakota into straight drive, 10 and a half hours, and jumping a boat in like less than an hour of arriving and just sleeping in the marsh? <laughs> it was uh, interesting. I, I actually slept like a baby. Right, but, that's uh, the one positive. We're so tired that it doesn't yeah. matter where we were, we're just going to fall asleep. <laughs> It's like Hunter, you said like uh, we were talking. I just fell asleep mid sentence yeah, a couple times. Yeah, mid sentence, he'd be like not even finish a thought, and this thought was finished by him snoring. Like but. I was talking about ruddy ducks. <laughs> yep. But. Go ahead, Zach. I didn't mean to cut you off there. I uh, we brought the A frames out, so I laid down on the A frames. Oh, okay. That was kind of like a mattress. There you go. That's it pretty, was actually pretty comfortable. That's a pretty good idea. Yeah. Yeah. But I woke up and I was all wet. So oh, from the dew, dew must have covered me. And <laughs> when I woke up, I was not feeling it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we need to take a step back because we've talked about, um, we kind of talked back and forth. You're like, Hey, like, what do you want to, um, focus on when you come out here? You know, we can, uh, obviously there's different things that you can scout for different opportunities for opener. Um, and one thing we did last year, which we just loved, and I've, all, I've been a fan of this. Like I always say like, Hey man, I would not trade my first two, to two and a half to three weeks, whatever it is per season of chasing wood ducks for anything. I love chasing wood ducks. Um, and I even kind of restructured my trips and my, my, uh, my season to make sure that I had that opportunity because in the past couple of years, I've kind of left pretty early after I open up and I lose the opportunity for wood ducks. So last year we came out here, we set up in a marsh, 
Um, for big ducks, we shot maybe half our limit, and so we decided to go set up for wood ducks in the evening. Had an awesome hunt. Decided to do do it again in the morning, set up for wood ducks. And again, I mean, I just love wood duck hunts. Yeah, they're, they're definitely fun. Like, there's a certain amount of, like, chaos fun that comes with a wood duck hunt. Right. It's like, it's not like I want to do it every hunt. And I, you know, I feel for some of those guys in the South, that's all they get, you know, mm-hmm. but it's at the same time, it's still a, a ton of fun. It's a great looking bird. It's a great tasting bird. Um, you know, but at the same time, I love other variety of hunting. I do. I love mallards and other puddlers, but I wouldn't trade those amount of wood duck hunts. And even when we're talking about it, like, Hey, let's just find a wood duck hunt. It's going to be fun. You always have the opportunity of some other ducks kind of added to it to give it a little bit of spice, but um yeah one of the things you said before we went live is that you thought wood ducks were the number one slept on duck so you want to go ahead and uh hash that out yeah i mean i think it's kind of the same as well they don't think they get the respect as a lot of birds for one they're like an absolutely stunning like a drake wood duck is just like i don't know if there's another bird that has more color than a drake wood duck when they're ready to go i'm right they're they're insane but when they I think you already kind of touched on it where it's like the first two weeks, like he wouldn't want to do it every day. I think it's kind of the same thing Elliot talks about with like his teal hunting where it's like, you know, this is what I get to do for two weeks. This is the first birds we get. And like here, the wood ducks are the first birds we get to shoot at the beginning of the season. And like they're here, we shoot them for a couple of weeks and then they're gone. You know, we don't get it again. And they're just, I don't know. It's a, it's a different experience. And as soon as the experience of the wood duck hunts kind of like runs out, we are kind of like, Hey, I want to do something else they move on and you get to do something else. Right. They're, they're gone to the next spot, at least That's, for where and we we're, And we're talking about, it. I said that they are the, they are the blue wing till of the central flyway, right? Yeah. For the, or the Mississippi flyway, you know, um, Elliot, like you said, gets to chase his blue wings. We get to chase wood ducks, but I would argue that wood ducks taste better. They're cooler. They are in cooler places. <laughs> Everything about a wood duck is just better than a blue wing till. Yeah, I mean, I would definitely agree with you. Where like they do taste better and they're bigger. They're they are bigger. You get more they're smarter. They're more difficult to hunt. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like yeah. they uh, to have like a real successful wood duck hunt, it's way more difficult than like finding a spot where there's duck food and sitting up for teal. You know, right, you got to find teal and you got to find duck food, and then you can pretty much shoot teal. So right. So the number one slept on duck in North America. I'd agree with it. I'd yep. go with it. Oh yeah. Yeah, Elliot and me have a, a love-hate relationship when it comes to wood ducks because he, he uh, like totally disregards them as like a, a, a viable waterfowl species. Yeah. So he, we just need to get him sometime to come on one of these hunts and like really experience like true wood duck hunt, decoying birds. Mm-hmm. You know, which it's just like anything. Like we tried to set up on them today, but they really weren't decoying that well. We had some that decoyed, but it was. I would say like 30% like decoyed kind of yeah. thing. Um, and tomorrow I think we're going to be more on the X and not have that issue. But like that's, I want one of those hunts where it's like a hundred percent like fire wood duck hunt where they're just cupping in, um, shooting beautiful drakes in a cool place, like a cool, like a uh, swampy marsh. Mm-hmm. And I think that would kind of help changes perspective yeah yeah i don't think he like appreciates the the hunt part of a wood duck he just sees that okay you go out and you pass shoot three and then you're done for the day well, a lot of people do that yeah and like you know? i don't think he appreciates like the hunt and like the the chaos of like a 30 minute wood duck hunt you know because like a lot of places you only get like 30 minutes to 45 minutes to really 
really good shooting light to shoot wood ducks and it's just it's total chaos there's birds everywhere right you know you just if you're on the x it's yeah. like, it can be amazing yep and i don't know i mean i wouldn't trade the wood duck right. i'm like you i wouldn't I yeah don't. if you're on the x you're not past shooting them no so and even when you even when you really are like past shooting wood ducks i i have like a weird thing with like past shooting a wood duck i'd pass shoot a wood duck you know but you you pass shoot them at 10 yards because you're hunting in a slough and then a cut, and, like, they're flying between right. the trees. So, like, your pass shot is 10 yards. Yeah, they weren't, like, flying into the decoys, but... Sure. Like... What? Sure, no, I'm just saying for him, I think, to yeah to get to that point where he, he gives the wood duck kind of the due mm-hmm. respect it, it deserves that he has to be on one of those hunts where they're coming, like, decoying, we're on the X and all that, so... Oh, yeah. You give him three Drake wood ducks that decoyed in the spread, I bet he changes the number on the, on the <laughs> hunt app, on what they're worth, yeah. you know? Maybe if he does that, I'll start logging my hunts again. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, Mr. Uh, I'm going to shoot all the buffle head in the world over here? Hey, hey, now. I like my buffle head. No, I think uh, woodies are one of my favorite duck species. So um, I actually hunted in southeast Michigan for a while and never killed one. And uh, when I went to the UP, I, I harvested my first one, and that was a, a special moment for me. But I love wood ducks. I love uh, to decoy them. Um <laughs> I just want to get a shirt that says, I love wood ducks. I don't know. <laughs> Continue. What's wrong with that statement? No, no, no. It just, okay. it just made me giggle the way you said it. It was just like a <laughs> chuckle. I was like, <laughs> just a funny. The way you said it just sounded funny. Okay. I don't know. Okay. But uh, here's a take. Uh, I don't think I talked to either of you about this. Do you think you can call wood ducks? Okay. So if you have a wood duck call and you know how to call wood ducks, you can have success turning birds. I like I I do think that you can turn wood ducks with a wood duck call. I think you can with a mallard call too. But I think your likelihood of success is less than like that of a mallard, of course. Right. Right. But like I think to a certain degree you can call them back into a spread and you can get them to at least turn and look with a wood duck call and someone who's actually like knows what they're doing. So if we had to put like a a like tier list of birds that respond, waterfowl that respond to the call. You know, we'd probably start with mallard, mm-hmm. maybe gooses after that, and maybe some people interchange those. But I think mallard's the number one instant feedback call, and mm-hmm. they respond duck. Yep. Um, then goose. Yeah. Some of the other puddlers would fall in there. Yeah, I'd put like teal in I'd there. I'd put teal up high. Yeah. 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 Yep, teal. I mean, but you got spoonies, you got gadwall, widgeon, mm-hmm. pintails, all those. And I don't have enough experience with a lot of those birds over the season. I mean, I get them here and there, and you call at them with a mallard call, and sometimes they come in, sometimes they don't. seems like Pintel are super weary to calls. People say whistle for them. I still don't feel like they respond to the whistle that well either. I'd put them kind of like at the bottom of the puddlers, um, almost similar to like a wood duck. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, but like, have you ever been on a hunt that someone knows how to wood duck call and like can legit get them to come into the spread? I uh, I would say no, I haven't been. Okay. So I, I just don't hunt with a, like, I mean, I have a wood duck call. None of the guys that I really hunt with have wood duck calls, um, but maybe we should do it more. I keep saying that. Um, but I do feel like there's days, it's like you said, like there's days where you can call like in a mallard or a goose and they're just not going to come. Yeah. They're just going to, they're on a mission going point A to point B and nothing you are going to do or say or is going to change their mind. And there's days where they go over, like we had this in North Dakota and there's a group of witching. I mean, they were going like they were, you know, a hundred yards high and 
um, going right over our head and kept going. I mean, they had to see the decoys. Kept on going. I hell called with the mallard call. Half of them, and it was like 20, like 10 peeled yeah. off. And they came down, and they swooped down right over our head past our decoys. We were split up with the calves on that hunt, and they are like on the other side. And they went right into the calves' decoys. But they yeah. were 100% not going until I called. But, you know, on that day, the call, I mean, you saw them all turn their wings after they were like, you know, 100 yards past us and 100 yards high. They all just cupped their wings, came to that marsh, didn't like our spread, liked the calves, <laughs> and, uh, you know, the calves shot them up. So, uh, but that's like one of the days where it's like they responded to the call. Mm-hmm. So there's days where wood ducks or times where they respond to the call. It's just like, is it like 10% where like a mallard is 50%, you know? Right. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I know that like, see, I don't have a wood duck call. Because I've tried to do it and I can't do it. I don't know what about like the, what about it is like difficult for me, but I can't do the wood duck call, but I have a buddy that can. And like, I don't know, I wouldn't say it's in, I wouldn't even say it's 25%, but you got to think when we're doing a wood duck hunt, how many wood ducks do you think you saw fly within a hundred yards of where we were at today? Like how many wood ducks, if they were mallards, you would have called that. Yeah, right. I mean, I mean, lots, yeah. So, like, you know, if you say, oh, we saw four or 500 wood ducks that flew by us, which I don't think would be a, a, an accurate estimate, even 10%, if you get 10% of them to look at you, it's still a lot of birds, you know? Right. Oh, yeah, so, for sure. That's my opinion. I, I don't think they're a call-responsive bird by any means, but I think you can have success calling them. Right. I Personally, I haven't had success calling them, but uh, actually this year on a goose hunt, uh, one of my buddies gave a, a wood duck call, and uh, he was decoying wood ducks straight into the goose decoys. Mm-hmm. So they were super responsive that day. But I personally haven't had luck. So, mm. Like you mean you you trying to call? Do you have a call? Right. Yeah, yeah. I have a wood duck call. I've tried at them uh, with mallard calls, drake whistle, uh, like a uh, yeah. mallard drake whistle, pintail whistles, and I haven't had any success with anything. Yeah. But your buddy could on the same hunt you're on. So you've right. seen it, but you just haven't, you know. I've seen it, but I haven't personally done it. Sure. I think it's like, I think it really is like a 10% kind of game. Yeah. It yeah. feels like it's it's pretty often they know where they want to go and know where they want to be. But like even today, you could see they're searching. Mm-hmm. Right. You know? Yeah. And I think that's just because of the amount of chaos and the amount of like, uh, you know, the, the birds probably had gone like three or four places, got shot at. They were swinging around looking for other birds to land with. They'd spin through the marsh a couple times sometimes. Then they'd fly right up the slough and right and hover over, you know, come coasting into our decoys. Yeah. So if you guys want to check out Elliot's stuff, I'll give him a plug here just because we've, you know, (laughs) give him a a little love after we gave him a little hate. But um, you can check him out over there on the North American Waterfowl Podcast. He puts out some great content, old-time buddy. Um and, you know, if if you need some more podcast content, he's got you covered over there. Um, so, yeah, let's. I think we need to step back. So, you know, we talked about wood ducks, all that. Um, let's talk about the the hunt. Yeah, so we, uh, we got the spot that we wanted to. We took a nap, right? We've covered that. We went to bed. <laughs> it was more than that. That was like <laughs> five hours of sleep, six, yeah. five, six hours of sleep. So we, we went to bed, and we obviously woke up. Um, there ended up being another person that came into the same spot. They gave us plenty of room uh, for where they ended up going, so that worked all, all worked out good. But uh, we ended up waking up. Um, I went back to the landing and got my dad because he uh, brought us pizza, breakfast pizza, So, uh, which you had cold breakfast pizza for the first time. We. You have any opinions about it? It was good. What uh, time does Casey's open? 
Uh, there's some of them are 24 seven. Okay. Cause we order. need to go late enough tomorrow that we can get hot Casey's pizza on the <laughs> okay. way. Okay. Cause like you said, that's not a thing around you, right? No, we don't have Casey's around us. Okay. I have a few, okay. but they're like here. It's like every other gas station. Mm-hmm. It's like almost 50%. It feels like. Yeah. And like, for those of you that aren't from the Midwest, Casey's a local, I shouldn't say local. It's like a regional gas station. Right. And it's a gas station that's like they literally put it on the door that they're known for pizza and it doesn't make sense but they do have really good pizza especially the breakfast pizza especially the breakfast the pizza. other it's like it's good gas station pizza mm-hmm. like the regular pizza yep but the breakfast pizza is like gourmet <laughs> <laughs> it's so good yeah it, it is and it's like it doesn't have any right being as good as it is I, like i'm trying to figure out what's even on it like for the recipe i was trying to explain it to him i'm like there's like some cheese sauce instead of like <laughs> you know in there and there's egg and you know breakfast meat and he's like yeah sounds all good to me I'm like, it's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, it is. It's like, and it's a regional thing. So, like, whenever I have people that come out of town, it's kind of one of those things I try to get them on at least once is to have a piece of Casey's breakfast pizza. And it works out that, like, my dad, I'll pick him up from the landing and he usually picks up a pizza and brings out. And that's kind of his uh, payment for us holding the spot is he brings sure. us out breakfast pizza. Yeah, that's a good payment, you know. I feel like with older guys, they live, they've earned their stripes, you know, of years of all the. You know, your dad, what, he's he's about 60? Yeah, he just turned 60. He just yeah. turned 60. I, I was talking to him today. I couldn't remember if he just turned 60 or if he was yeah. almost 60. But, you know, they've earned their stripes. They've done it for years and, and hunted. And it's like, you know, yeah. we're we're the young guys. We're going to get out there in the spot and sleep in the spot and and uh, and hold down the fort. That's 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 my opinion. I don't, I'm, I'm more than happy to, to do that and in the hopes that someday I have some young guys that are <laughs> – in the group, and, and they'll do the same for me. Yeah, yeah. I definitely agree. And like I said, it's kind of – it's it's a, it's actually kind of a recent thing, you know, within the last couple of years that I've done that with my dad. He used to come out and sleep in the boat and everything like that. But, you know, it works out, and then it makes it to where I don't have to pack a, pack a bunch of stuff to make breakfast. And Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So he brought out breakfast pizza. We uh, set up the blinds. Somehow, Jordan has this effect – on every hunt I go on with him, <laughs> where we can sleep in the spot and we will be rushing to get stuff done before. Season. I think it's because I have like last minute like epiphanies. I'm like, oh, this is like we need to do this to be successful. It's like on the teal hunt, we're like we slept at the spot. I literally was sitting in a chair in a lawn chair, like watching teal come in, like um, in the moonlight, which was crazy. They were coming in like an hour and a half before shooting light somewhere. Um, and they must have just been getting bumped up by other hunters coming into spots mm-hmm. or whatever. But then, like, you know, we had another guy who was coming, and he didn't need to be there until, you know, an hour before shooting light. Mm-hmm. And by the time he gets in there, we start to get ready to set up. I mean, we could just see hundreds of teal. Hundreds. I mean, it was a ridiculous amount. And I said, hey, we're going to miss out if we stay here. Yeah. We wanted to. We thought it'd be fine. We knew the birds. Anytime. And, like... It's like how many times do you have to learn the same lesson, you know. Yeah, yep. I think that was actually one of the podcast titles, yeah, it but was. but it's like go to where the birds are. Yeah, just like if you see the birds, don't make excuses. Don't be like, hey, this is what you know. All these other things to not go where the birds are. If you can go set up where the birds are, just that's plan A. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. It's not plan B. It should be plan <laughs> A. And so it's kind of like when we were talking about the setup for today, and I was like, you're like, hey, we should, should we push out on the point? Or I've been seeing them like. You know, in the slough, I'm like, well, let's go further back on the slough. 
Mm. Like, we need to be where those birds are going. And we still weren't far enough back in there. No. But, you know, it, you don't always know it. It's like you got to be in a marsh, see it breathe, see all how the birds function. And a lot of times, day two, if you're in the same area, you know, you can't have a better hunt. Yeah. Yeah, and, like, um, I don't know. This might be something I need to, like, work on with the scout. But when I scouted this, I sat you know, 200 yards away and scouted it and sat there in the morning, watched first light. And I was watching with binoculars. And so it's like, you know, you have a little bit of a depth perception deal when you look through binoculars and like, it was like, Hey, I think they're going here. But as soon as they would cut behind that tree line, they looked like they were going down. Right. Like from where I was, my perspective where it turns out they were flying back a little bit. They're flying like, yeah, 400 yards. Yeah. (laughs) But you know, just like the perspective, I'm like, Oh, this is where they're going to be. And then like, I actually went to make sure that I could get the boat to that area. So I drove back there in the middle of the day. I kind of let them sit and then drove back. And, like, I bumped up birds from where we were, where we ended up hunting. And so that's why I was like, oh, this is where I saw birds. I saw birds go down here. I bumped birds from here, so this must be where they're at. Right. Well, turns out it's not 100% the truth. But anyway, There were birds there. Yeah. They're just not. The main majority kept on going. And it's like you talked about. We were still shooting ducks that were um streaking through there at like you know 20 yards 20 yard passing shots or whatever 20 25 yeah um when we did have some that come in the decoys like we said 30 percent decoyed mm-hmm. and you know 70 percent were buzzing past us through the air and we're you know we're still able, able to crack a lot of those wood decks out of there but anyways to go back here we are like 10 minutes before shooting light and I'm used to being like set up. I've been set up for a half hour before shooting light. Here we are 10 minutes before shooting light, throwing chairs in the blinds. And Jordan's like, hey, I got to go to the back and do do business in the woods. And like, yeah. Yeah, well, on a, part of that was the guy that came in. Mm-hmm. We didn't know where he was going to set up. And we're yeah. like, this guy, he's there's nowhere to set up in the marsh. Mm-hmm. You're like, we're on, we got, you know, there's just, there's no, it's such a small area that there's nowhere for him to set up. Well, it turned out he had other plans. He went down a slough and and did like a long walk to um, another wood duck hole in the woods. Yep. So, you know, but we were waiting to like, okay, we need to like, because you had to go leave. Yes. And we didn't want to leave and leave him an opening, right? Yep. yep. So, um, you know, but eventually he walked in there and that probably took... It was like right when you're going to leave. Like mm-hmm. you stood up, your alarm went off. You're like, "Hey, we need to get out of here," and we're like trying to. I was trying to get my waders on, and then this guy shows up. Yep. So it put us, you know, behind the eight ball. Mm-hmm. You know, thirty, forty five minutes later than we would have been. And you know, we talk. I'm a pretty regular guy when it comes to my morning bathroom breaks. <laughs> and it's like when we sleep in the marsh. This is one thing that like I still have struggled to have like a great solution for. Right, you know, I, I tried to take a dump. I did take a dump before we went out in the evening. I'm like, okay, maybe that that'll hold me off. No, my body's like, no, this is when we go. What are you doing? <laughs> and so it's like it was. We were rushing around, got the a frames up, got the decoys out, got the motion duck spreader out there, got the lucky ducks out there, the flock flickers, all like the whole spreads ready to go. The a frames are ready to go. Everything finally done. Um, my tripod broke. It fell out of the truck. So I was grabbing your extra one, which was in your boat. Mm-hmm. So I had to run to your boat, come back. You know, all these little things just add a little bit of time. I get over there, get my camera turned on, ready to go. And I say, hey, how much time we got? He said, seven minutes. I'm like, good enough. <laughs> and I grab baby wipes. And I just, I mean, I power walk. I find my crooked tree. That's my go-to now. And, um, you know, I took care of business. And I made it back um, pretty much like at shooting light. Yeah. So, yeah. 
And then, like I said, typical wood duck hunt, the first half hour was just like total, complete chaos of just birds everywhere. You know, tons of tons of fun. Yeah, you have no idea what to look at because there's just so much stuff flying around. Yeah, we're all cracking wood ducks. And, uh, you know, about the time you guys decided to go look for some, make sure you're picking up all the, the ones we dropped. Mm-hmm. And I think everybody got out of the blind except for me. And this yep. is like a weird thing because I've always been the dog person, so I'm like always out of the blind. Oh, yeah. And like I'm kind of curious. Like, did anyone have their guns on them? Or were no. So I you, you left your gun in the blind. You had yours? I had mine, but I was directly behind you. Mm. Yeah. Oh, and the trees were covering you from right. taking a shot? Right. Okay, because like, they came in, and the first, it was a group of mallards. Um, Hunter was back in the woods. I don't know where your dad was, Hunter. I think he was back in the woods with me. And then Zach was right behind me. So, um, And here they come. I saw him. I said, Hunter, mallards right coming over your head. And I called, and they circled perfect. Oh, just beautiful. Right. And then the front one just started to, like, I mean, backpedal. Oh, yeah. Right in front of me. Uh, and my worry was, you know, it's going to see you guys or it was going to, like, um, well, the other birds behind it weren't finishing as well as that, the first one. Mm-hmm. First one, backpedal coming down. I'm like, all right, here's my shot to, um, you know, double up on them. So, boom, drop the first one. And, boom, drop, drop, drop the second one. Mm-hmm. So, doubled up ecstatic you know anytime on these wood duck hunts where you set up four wood ducks and you can get like a bonus especially like two mallard drakes <laughs> it's gonna make for a good day yeah so yeah yeah and like it was like i don't know it was kind of funny we're all like sitting there and it's like oh well he's the only one with a shot and here's four <laughs> birds that come in that like honestly all four were like shootable for anybody that would have been in the blind Oh yeah. So like, all right. I think the the first one I shot was like ten yards. Oh yeah. The second one was like fifteen, and the other two were right there with it. But I think they're just a little bit further behind me mm-hmm. um, because I never saw a third bird shoot after I pulled the the trigger twice. Oh okay. By that time they'd gotten out enough where you didn't see them. I think that they were just they were just um, further to the left as oh. they were decoying, so they're right over my head because I took that second shot like through you know, the dead branches and uh, right, right, like pretty much right up Okay, as it was cutting across over the blind. So that was the bird that landed like closer on the blind side was the second shot, right? That I think so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I just, uh, I don't know. It is cool to have extras. It is just kind of funny that we, it happens while we're all out of the blind looking. Right. Over. And that's how it always works out in the wood duck hunts is, you know, like the law is, is that you're supposed to, unless you have visual line of sight on your bird, you have to go get it as soon as you shoot it. Yep. And so, like, you know, we had a couple birds in the water. We had dropped one bird in the woods behind us, and it was like, okay, when it's really dark out, even if you know that the bird is behind you, there's no way you're going to find it. So we put to send the dog on it, do some effort, and then once it got five minutes later, you know, you got five minutes more light, you go back and look. And, like, so we were all looking for that bird, and looking for one other bird that we had dropped just to get them because that's the law. That's what you have to do. To right. Oh yeah. And you know, that's when the birds come, that's when the yeah. dollars. It was, it's in. like an added bonus. Like I love being the dog guy, but it's just like, I'm finding these little things by not being the dog guy this year. It's like, <laughs> Oh, I'm sitting in the, the blind. You have so many more opportunities. <laughs> yep. yep. The guy's sitting in the blind. It's like, man, I didn't realize this because pretty much the whole time I've hunted, I had chief. Like I, I started hunting with him when he was six months old. Way too early, by the way. But, um, and since then, I've always had a dog that's my dog on pretty much 99% of the hunts I've been on from then till like my whole waterfowl career. So, this is my first season 
where there's times where I'm not the dog guy and it's just, mm-hmm. it's, it's almost super weird. Yeah. So, yeah. But that's the only reason I was still in the blind. Cause if you're the dog guy, you're helping the dog, you're mm-hmm. guiding them where to look. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Especially at that point, we already had like, uh, what, five birds down or something like that. Somewhere, somewhere in that. I, I only had one wood duck down at that point. Yeah. And I had, I had, I had one down at that point also, but my dad had two, I believe. And like, I we had just one down. Yeah, that's yeah. right. And so like we were just we were all looking, you know, we had we had a good amount of birds already down. And so when you have that many birds down and most of them were in the water, you know, you send the dog, you meet them, meet them and send them on the next one. That way it just takes less time and Right. But yeah, that's kind of how the hunt started. Yeah, that was a big uh, emotional boost though. Like when I got those two, I was like, "Oh man, this is <laughs> this hunt's awesome." <laughs> Did you know there were drakes when you shot or was it too dark? I, yeah, I lucky. knew. I knew they were because there's only one hen. Okay, and she stood out like you know a sore thumb. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, what do you have to say about the morning wood duck hunt? Anything? No, I was. It was chaos. Mm-hmm. I I barely took any shots. Honestly, I did dust one teal that flew through the decoys. I thought it was a woody, but <laughs> turns out it was a green wing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And but, dusted. Just. Yeah, we had a handful of till come through, which is like was it anytime you get the bonus ducks on a wood duck hunt because it's almost like a shoe in that you have a good opportunity to mm-hmm. shoot a <clears throat> a uh, wood duck limit. Yeah, and then you know, so it was like we count on like okay, well, we'll probably we'll have a good opportunity with four of us to shoot twelve ducks. Anything beyond that, you know, is kind of a bonus yep. on a wood duck hunt, and, and mallards are like super bonus. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, but those were like I would have shot the hen if she presented herself, right? So it just those were the two birds that you know came up, right? They were just they were closer, right? Yeah. They just they're the ones that finished. Mm-hmm. So, um, the ones that I had shots on. Yep. If the hen would have been the third bird that came through, I'd have pulled that trigger, <laughs> and, and she'd been down there too. So, well, hopefully, yeah. Yes, I mean that's kind of how the hunt went. I mean, typical wood duck hunt chaos early just kind of slowly peters off until you're not really looking at a whole lot and then they just kind of get slower and slower although today they kind of still consistently flew for a while like yeah was, I, I think that's you know consistent with an opener mm-hmm. because there's the, it's like we talked about the birds that were kind of searching for an area yeah and there's just they've gone to like hey well i've gone to all the places i normally go and there's somebody there shooting at me so mm-hmm. you know um but i think one thing we got to talk about is at the end of the hunt um, we saw some, some wood ducks go down the slough. And so, um, we decided to go see if we could jump one off or, you know, or free to try yep. to finish a limit hunter. Yep. And so we walked all the way down the slough a good way, not all the way, but we, we went pretty far down the slough and we did find some wood ducks. You shot one, finish your limit. Um, but the cool part is we found like the X where they're at. Oh yeah. Tons of footprints. Like I've never seen this many footprints of, wood ducks in the mud before oh yeah. i've never seen that many wood duck footprints i've seen like mallard footprints in mud like that but never wood ducks like, right and there's just f- feathers you know the whole whole place is just feathers yeah so the million dollar question we've already decided we're going there is but because you shot once how is that going to affect the wood ducks i don't think it'll matter i mean like think about most times when you have a wood duck hunt you know can you go back to the same place and shoot wood ducks two days in a row not as many. Not as many, but, you know, on your first wood duck, you know, on the first hunt, you're shooting, what, 10 shots? You know, if you have two guys, 10 shots to shoot three wood ducks, is, I mean, that's that'd be a good wood duck hunt. Sure. 
And so, like, you know, there was one shot. And most of them, the other thing I'll add was most of the birds got up, and then that was the last bird. You know, most of the birds had already been kicked out, and then that was the last sh- My shot was on the last bird that yeah. was in the spot. I always get paranoid about that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I've seen it happen. I've seen it happen, I feel like, on wood ducks, mallards, anything. So, um, yeah. But I hope you're right, and I'm real willing to risk it, too, because it was a lot of <laughs> yeah. wood ducks going in there. I'm not, like, suggesting we go anywhere else. I'm just... You know, mm-hmm. hypothesizing if uh, <laughs> you know what the what the uh, outcome will be, and I told you, you know, after you shot that one, I'm like, I would have shot one too to finish off my limit. But I'm curious if we decide to set up here, um, how that'll affect the birds that that got out right before you shot. No, I, I think we'll be all right. And we also skipped one other part of the hunt. We were seeing birds go down on a point that we weren't hunting on. So it was like a couple different points. We decided, Hey, Zach and I had shot the least amount of wood ducks in the blind. So it's like, Hey, we'll walk over here. It was like 200 yards. We'll walk over to this other point and we'll see if we can't shoot the wood ducks that are landing over there. We'll kind of split up. And while we're over there, what was going on in the blind? Oh yeah. I mean, we finished our, our limit. We both had one left and it was just like, we probably saw a dozen plus that finished in our decoys as you walked away. So you know, bad luck. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Bad luck. And then you came sure. back, and then they they pretty much were done flying. So yeah, which like the other thing I'll add on to this too. You know, like that we came back. I don't know what time it was. That was like close to nine o'clock. I mean, it had to be later. Shooting light was open. Shooting light was like six thirty this morning. So you know, we're we're three hours into a wood duck hunt, and we're still kind of seeing some stuff flying around. And you know, like I was kind of amazed because like it never felt like it drug. Like, at no point do I feel like, oh, I'm bored. I would like for us to do something that's not this. You know, like, it, it never felt like it drug on. Like, sometimes some hunts where it's like, ah, you know, let's get out of here at 10 o'clock, and it's like that last half hour you're, like, wanting to leave the whole time. Right. You know? So that was one thing that was kind of neat about the hunt. But I don't know. I don't know what to attribute that to, but I did kind of think about it. Because we got back to the truck, and I was like, holy cow, it's it's 11 o'clock. Like, we, we were yeah. out here for a lot of time. It's all, time flies when you're hunting with good buddies, right? Yeah, I mean, really, it's it's got to be. Yeah, we had a good crew out there, and um, birds were working all morning. People were shooting all around us, so great opener. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it it was. And you want to give the totals for the birds? Sure. Yeah. Um, I had uh, two mallard drakes, one mallard or one mallard, one uh, drake wood duck, and two hen wood ducks. So I got my wood duck limit. Um, would you have two drakes and one hen? Uh, I no, I ended up with one hen, two drakes. Okay, and you had yeah, your yeah, yeah. you had your wood ducks. Yep. Your dad had three hens and uh, blue wing, and then Zach, what'd you have? I had my green wing. I had your green wing <laughs> and one one lost <laughs> wood duck and one lost wood duck. Yeah. Yep. So Zach got the shorter than the stick, unfortunately. It's kind of my fault. I don't shoot at at some of the shots I probably should be shooting at, but yeah. I mean, there's nothing wrong okay. with being selective. Sure. Yeah, I mean, there's always a purist in every group. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm not claiming to be a purist here, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, there's nothing wrong with being selective. It's just on the wood duck hunts, you just kind of got to understand yeah. that. Well, he a just, twenty yard passing shots, a twenty yard passing shot of the wood right, duck. and he's just not used to those, so he missed quite a few of them. And mm-hmm. well, <laughs> <laughs> I also was. I, All right, I folks. Well, that's a good. Pla- no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Go ahead, go ahead. Hunter. I enjoyed the Zach. hunt this morning. I after coming off a of no deck, I did not need to shoot a bird this morning. I was happy to just sit there and, and watch the action, and it was it was a fun time. So, oh yeah, definitely, yeah. I mean, and it, like you said, it, 
there was a lot of birds flying around and it was cool. I hope that the GoPro like shows just like the pure number of birds and chaos that we had. Right. I hope so too. But so actually that brings up another thing, you know, you were kind of, we made the joke earlier at the beginning of the podcast. So with us in this room, we have a, uh, a, what would, would they call that license? An apprentice. Yeah. So Zach's the young Padawan. We, I did forget to talk about that. <laughs> so last night, uh, we we're on the way to the spot, or I guess to the ramp with the boat. Uh, we had just got in from Nodak and, uh, our plan was cause we drove through four hours of Iowa. Right. It wasn't like we weren't in Iowa. We were yeah. going to stop and buy your license. I already have mine from till season. Yep, I didn't have a license, and uh, we completely forgot. So on the way to the boat ramp, I was sitting on my phone trying to buy a license, and for whatever reason, it wouldn't let me add a waterfall license. So, but which, it would lo- which is typical, uh, unbelievably, for Iowa's website <laughs> that you literally cannot buy a you can buy every other kind of water or every other kind of license, but it does not allow you to add a normal waterfowl license to your cart. It just is not an option on the computer for a non-resident waterfowl license until I bought mine. Then the second year allowed me, but every single one of the guys that came with me last year, Mm -hmm. all three of them couldn't do it. You I thought it was a fluke in the system and surely they fixed it. Nope. Nope. (laughs) Nope. It's still a fluke. So you're like, how can I like, where can I buy this? And I looked and the only thing I could see on there that you could buy and we would have been like, you know, we would have been, we would have been fine actually yeah, to go yeah, to the store we would have been fine. <laughs> because we're there so early. Like nobody showed up for like, uh, like Five seven hours. hours. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, so, but there's always that fear mm-hmm. and we're like, Oh crap, are we going to have to run to the store? Uh, instead we got him an apprentice license, which yeah. means he had to be under my yes. tutelage and, <laughs> and, uh, uh yeah, so I took him under my wing for the weekend in <laughs> Iowa. The young Padawan, I'm the apprentice. Yeah, the young Padawan, <laughs> and uh, the nickname stuck for a while. But then he, I think he was getting tired of it. You tired of the the young Padawan nickname? You know, I'm I'm not gonna miss it. <laughs> You're not gonna miss it. <laughs> so, so, and for that reason, it will remain your nickname for the, for the till the end of time. Um, but no. Great time, great hunt. Appreciate yeah. you know, the scouting um, you did beforehand uh, mm-hmm. to help us get on a successful hunt. Hunter is a blast as always, hanging out and hunting with you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we had a good time today, and I think we have another good hunt lined up for tomorrow. So. Oh, yeah, for sure. All righty. Well, I think this is a perfect place to go ahead and wrap her up. I'm Jordan from Duckman Chronicles, Hunter and Zach, and we'll see you guys on the next one.